0: Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of This Our Johnny Domino. My name is Steve. I'm Giles. Hello. 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 That's it. Yeah, I I managed it. I managed it. Excellent. Well done. You managed to speak. (laughs) In a previous episode of the podcast, we talked about a song called New Pink Shirt, and we talked about our friend Tom and his efforts to try and get us some kind of interest of a kind of low-level indie fame variety. After we recorded that episode, I reached out to Tom on social media and said, this is my version of the story. Do you agree? He said, I kind of agree. I'll record a bit of audio for you if you want. And he sent this audio, and we are going to listen to it now. Let's go. That sounds exciting.
1: The background to me discovering Johnny Domino is... A fella called Brian Price, also known as Jock, and now also known as the Archdeacon of Pop, um, saying hello to me at college where I was doing a BTEC in what was called Media Studies. And then the name got changed about seven times uh, and it ended up being called something like Descom for Design Communications. Anyway, Brian Price saw that I was wearing a Green Day T-shirt, this being a point where Green Day were basically unknown in the UK. And Brian, he quite liked Green Day, but introduced me to loads of much better music than that. Um, A lot of really good lo-fi stuff, which I was already into, but lots of bands I hadn't heard, like Velvet Crush and... um, Small 23 and The Archers of Loaf, and then Matthew Sweet's Amazing Girlfriend album. And he, he used to do me these mixtapes, which were were just magical. Um, he was the first person who I met, I mean, apart from like my dad's mates who had massive collections of jazz and stuff, but he was the first person of around my age I met who had like a proper record collection. Um, which he'd plunder for these mixtapes and then um there was this uh this song on one of them called New Pink Shirt and I said, Oh, I re- really like that one and, and he was like, Oh, that's that's my mate's band, Johnny Domino. And they're local. They live they live near Ilkiston. And I was like, What? This is this is amazing because you, your mates' bands are well. Make music that you're polite about, and you you try to find the plus points in, but not having to try them, just be, being kind of there right in front of me. That was new for me. As a result of this, I think I, I seem to remember recommending Johnny Domino to various bands and record labels and and things, and um, and by this point, I was friends with Stephen Giles as well. And definitely recommended them to the Delgados, but I can't remember I've got a hazy memory of something coming out of that a gig, maybe. But what I do definitely remember is that I had this part time job as a scout for a record label called Deceptive, which was co run by Steve Lemack and a guy called Tony, whose surname. I forget now. And I think maybe Elastica were on them. They were quite a sort of Britpop label, which I wasn't into at all at that point. And they gave me this job doing this when I'd first started writing for the NME. And I think they thought that I was maybe like a a young lad out on the town, sort of going to see shitloads of gigs, gigs by british bands every week whereas really i was just um i was wanting to see mostly american music sort of lo-fi stuff and and also starting to live partly in the 1960s in my head musically um so i kind of sort of strung the job out by feeding this record label demos that i already had that that bands had sent me over the last couple of years for my fanzine and stuff, and to try and get in the NME. And, and Johnny Domino were, were one of them. And but they were unusual in that they were a British band. So and he was more interested in signing British bands. I mean, some of them were were kind of Elephant Six bands, Elephant Six type bands. Um, but he was he was interested in Johnny Domino, and then I remember that I said that Stephen Giles were brothers who both wore glasses and it put him off because he thought people think they're like the proclaimers which seems utterly absurd but um but the music industry is absurd in lots of ways so they didn't they didn't get signed and then I I was um gently dismissed from that position understandably really because I wasn't I wasn't doing my job and I'd already decided I I kind of didn't want to really write about new music anymore um i wanted to write about um the birds but i listened to it again new pink shirt the other day and uh, it's still a banger definitely <laughs> the curse of the proclaimers
0: you know what if someone had said um you know i, I would i would have bought some contact lenses what if someone had written back to us and said, "Like the songs, yeah. can one of you lose the glasses?" Yeah, I, I would. I definitely would have bought some contact lenses. I would have had so, a boob job. I don't know if that was the feedback they were coming back with. First off, thank you very much to Tom for recording that. It completely goes against my memory of it, which is we sent him a tape because we bought his fanzine, but. I did get in touch with Brian Jock, the Archdeacon of Pop, and he said it could have been that way because we were just passing tapes between each other all the time. So who knows? It's like Rashomon. You know, everyone's got a different viewpoint. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what's interesting. But, yeah, it was nice to hear from him. Yeah, he's a good guy. I'll include a link to his website in the show notes again. He has written some great books. And thank you again to Tom for sending it. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of This Old Johnny Domino. We will be back with a full episode very, very soon. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, bloody, what does he look like?